0: This is um, Why Bother, my podcast of On the Sofa with Rouge. And on the sofa with me today is Jamie Bossio. I'm quite... um excited to hear what he has to say because I met Jamie although I've probably known him all my life because I know his mum he's my son's sociology teacher is that right? Yeah correct and um, Mikey's one of his favourite um, one of his favourite subjects at school he has three he has two favourites and one not such a favourite but still uh, sociology is one of them and he he's always going on about Mr Vosu this Mr Vosu that so I thought well, well who's Mr vossu who? let's find out a little more <laughs> then I found out that you're a coach for a women's futsal team, and you, you're you empowering all these children, including Mikey, so I thought, I've got to know more about you. And that's why I've asked you, Jamie, because I thought, as a role model, you would be a great person to yeah. to inspire others. So, welcome.
1: Thank you. It's really Thank nice you. that you're
0: here. Tell me a
1: little bit about you. So, you start life, at, you were born in Jib, or, not, or no? No, I was born in Dublin, Ireland. Whoa! Oh, wow. Okay. Um, in 1991, my parents were both living out there. My dad was practicing as a doctor okay um, and so you're irish i am half irish, half irish. Yeah. How interesting um so yeah. i was born there and lived there for eight years before we moved over to the uk for a couple of years okay. my sister nicola also was born in dublin um and then we lived in the uk for a couple of years in leicester and moved back to gibraltar when i was about 10 years old Okay,
0: so you so you've grown up mostly I mean your school years that you can really remember here in June. Yeah, so yeah. the the usual Bayside and
1: Yeah, Saint Joseph's Middle School and then okay. to the old Bayside building. Yeah.
0: And was what was your sport always was it football.
1: football? Yeah, from from the age of I think four I was kicking a ball around. Yeah. Um, I started kind of in like a bit of an academy system in mm-hmm. Ireland. Okay, for a, like
0: so you were quite good yeah, from a young yeah. age. Yeah,
1: so I played for a, a team called Home Farm, um, and they've kind of got a history for producing pretty decent players that have gone on to represent Ireland at international level. Wow. Um, when we moved over to the UK, I spent a year at the Peterborough United Academy and then a year at the Leicester City Football Academy mm. um, before moving back to Jib. So I came to Jib at the age of 10, with a bit of a football background already which was very very different to the youth football setup that was already here.
0: I was going to say it's very competitive and Mike, Mikey did I only know because Mikey did football for a little bit like maybe six months he, didn't, yeah. he wasn't his sport but I know how competitive it can be here in Jib and how um, I hear now from friends of mine whose children need to make teams and yeah. is that still happening here? And
1: I mean there's a lot of competition um, and the clubs that are established clubs in the men's first division obviously they look a a lot to their youth because they will yeah. be reliant on those Gibraltarian players in the future mm. and there's a lot of clubs for example if you look at Lincoln you look at Europa they they are set up in a way that they'll run like businesses right. with the fact that they're qualifying for European competition year in year out and that goes into their budget and okay, it's, so it's kind of like well, how different. can we get yeah, players yeah. that are going to come all the way through from the youth from the under seven all the way up into the men's team that will be a success for them
0: so they started looking out at, at, at the age that you kind of yeah. arrived in, Jib. Yeah, yeah, So did anyone scout you at that age?
1: I signed for Glasses United when I came over. Wow. Um, because my mum knew a friend and a friend introduced me to my first coach here, who was Javier Sanchez. Um, and he was my coach, actually, for around 15 years that I've wow. been playing here. Um, okay. Okay. From youth up into senior and a couple of different men's teams that I've ended up playing for. He's been there and I've ended up playing because he was there. So he had quite a big influence on, on me and my football when I moved over.
0: Okay. What was your favourite team? As in local or? No, no, internationally. Like who did you look up
1: to when you were little? Um, well, I'm a Liverpool supporter. So okay. my kind of, I, I. My idol the whole of my life was Steven Gerrard, especially like the position I played and the way that he played, and I th- I tried to model myself on his game. Obviously, nowhere near the level that he played, but <laughs> but you tried, you aspired <laughs> to, yeah, 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 of course. And yeah. have you have you ever
0: met Steven Gerrard?
1: I've never met him. No, I've I've used to go quite often to watch local games while we were living in the UK, and. Um he was over here recently when he was the manager of Rangers playing St. Joseph's, but I wasn't in Jib at the time to try and oh. kind of stalk him a little bit yeah. and, and find <laughs> and him for then. a picture. Yeah, yeah. No.
0: So you you joined the GFA because I know that you have been a player for, for yeah. the national team. Yeah. When do, where, how does that come about?
1: Um I got my first call-up for the senior squad in 2014. So um, okay. we got into UEFA in 2013, mm, right, officially, yeah. which is a 10-year anniversary, I think, like in a few days' time. Hmm. Um, oh, it's and, already 10 years. Yeah, and I went to uni, came back and got my first call-up um, from Alambula at the time. I was playing mm. for Europa FC. And I got my first call-up. Uh, and my first call-up actually was an away game at, in Ireland against the Republic of Ireland Dublin. So wow. it was a massive, massive thing. I didn't make it off the bench, obviously, but at the time it was a big deal. My, all my family travelled over. Mm. All the people that I knew that lived there in Ireland before that knew my mom. Were all, they all went to the game. So it was, it was special quite special. For your yeah, first yeah. one. And then I made my, my senior debut the year after. So in 2015, it was June, in an international friendly against Croatia, away from home. So you went to Croatia. So we played in Croatia. And
0: and how's that, Jimmy? Travelling with a squad representing your country uh, to play football—it's quite cool. It's quite cool.
1: Like at the beginning, it was all pretty new to everyone, like the UEFA scene, and yeah, um, we'd never kind of we were we were trying to model ourselves on professional footballers and the setup and everything was very, very, very different back then. And obviously the mm. GFA since then in 10 years has come a long way in like the preparation that the players now have and all the things and resources that are available to them. But it was kind of a bit surreal that you're kind of on a pitch with players that are playing professionally week in, week out, week out that you then watch on the television when you're at home. And you're playing. Yeah. So, and you're just kind of playing against them. It's it's very, yeah. very strange. But then you kind of, you just get used to it. And then my second game after the Croatia game, I played that full 90 minutes. Um, it was five days later, we played Germany. In Faro. Oh, wow. And I start on the bench and then came on the last fifteen minutes and I'm, you're playing against players that, yeah, that you've are, been
0: watching on TV. That
1: are earning yeah. two hundred thousand pounds a week and, playing for Arsenal. Yeah. and
0: What's that like? I mean
1: It's no, it's crazy. I do mean you,
0: when you're on the pitch, do you kind of forget that you're playing with these yeah, like
1: Yeah, a little you, bit
0: you you're just in your team, you're yeah. you're you're trying to win and that's it. It's go- kind of
1: once you get to the game and you're like warming up or you're in the tunnel and you see them, you kind of they're always there And then you realise Oh, okay Then it, once you're on the pitch It's just a game of football
0: Okay, so um, it doesn't matter Who you're with
1: Yeah, you don't mm. realise That, oh, I'm marking Eden Hazard Or I'm marking Kevin De Bruyne Or mm. um, But that's the The reality of it And then when you get on you When the crowds are full And we've played in some stadiums With 50,000 people And it's just All you hear is like a buzz You kind mm. of Like a vibration of noise You don't really mm. Kind of does it,
0: does it spur you on To do better Or does it not
1: bother uh, you 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 Kind of just get used to it after you've played quite a few games. Mm. Um, I was, I was
0: worried when they boo people, like when oh, that
1: happens often. Yeah, that was all right. That, yeah. That's happened <laughs> that a few times. Thinking, oh, that must be awful if yeah. you're there. I've been rep- booed represent- off a pitch, on a pitch. Yeah, it's fine. It does, you get off you, the no? pitch. Yeah. Nah, no. they
0: shout at you, they don't, yeah, no? yeah that's mm.
1: that's part of it, really, mm. you know. So it's kind of a it's it was an amazing experience, and the Germany game in particular. After the game, like swapping shirts with a few of the players, they kind of invite us into their change room after the game. Had a few conversations with some of the players, like just real casual, mm, mm. music on in the background, like like you'd normally do in your own change room, but
0: mm. amongst
1: these, these like these team that had just won the World Cup the year before, so I'm like. Massive, massive, massive experience. Amazing. Wouldn't swap it for anything.
0: Tell me, tell me about the scoring. So, we. I always think when I watch a football match because I do watch them because I do like yeah. them and I do support. I always feel mm, okay. So they've they've lost by quite a lot, but yeah. there they are. This yeah. is what. So it's is it about the competing and the being able to be there more than the defeat?
1: I think. When we got into UEFA, it was it was built on we have the right to be there because we're a mm. country in our own right and we deserve to represent our country. And if we get beat seven 0 we get seven we get beat seven 0 and that's mm. it. No, because
0: um, some people have said maybe they shouldn't be going if they're going to be losing by so yeah, much.
1: A lot of a lot of kind of pundits when they in the English media in particular say about for example countries like Gibraltar, San Marino, Andorra, um, but the English seem to forget that. San Marino scored within 13 seconds against England at Wembley for example and that's yeah. a moment that they'll, that person who scored that goal is going to remember yeah, yeah. for the rest of their life yeah, so yeah, I think everyone deserves to be there and since we've been there for now 10 years if you look at the performances and the organization of the team it's a lot lot different and the results are are getting better. Mm. Um, if you look at the size of our nation in comparison to, to others based on the population we shouldn't be ...getting anywhere near some of these teams, Mm. but we are. And
0: also, a lot of the players uh, have normal jobs, like you. Yeah, yeah, so... And their football is, like, the side hustle. Yeah,
1: it was very difficult at the time, like, I mean... For my club side, I'd have to go to work, and then I'd have to sit in a front of a queue for an hour, go to Castellar, train for an hour and a half, get back at eleven o'clock at night, mm. have dinner, go to bed, get go up, do it again after work. It's crazy every single day. Crazy. And is that that
0: still happening that I still guess, no? That happens
1: for some. A lot of the players still are kind of semi-professional, where they've got their contracts with their clubs, but they've got full-time jobs. Like yeah. players like myself and players that are even older, they were in comfortable jobs, earning a good salary and just because football happens all of a sudden you're just not going to drop all of that now now you're in a situation where the younger players that come through can maybe decide to try and make a career out of football so for mm. example you've got young players within the national squad at the moment like Jace Olivero like Antti Hernandez, like TJ Dubar who's now playing in the UK, mm. at that age you've got those opportunities to try and make a living out of out of football, when we kind of got into UEFA, the squad was more or less set, the players had their lives and it was like okay now here you go play and yeah. you have to kind of you had to kind of adjust to that but in an ideal world you're just you're 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 training and you're living a professional football life I'm not getting up to go to work at 7 30 in the morning and then working standing all day and then going to going to train it's, so it's
0: hard and you have to be yeah. you have to give up quite a lot really you yeah, have to be very disciplined I it's a I lot guess. of
1: sacrifices yeah, I mean yeah relationship, family, everything. And obviously for me, the people that have always been around me have been very caring and very understanding. You that have a very patient wife. I do have a very patient <laughs> wife.
0: We'll just mention that um, yeah, in case yeah, yeah. she.
1: that's a good she, idea. <laughs> hopefully she will hear it. But yeah, she's kind of always been there for me since the beginning and she's understood that I, at the time, was obviously you're living the dream and you're playing against all these... These these incredible footballers And that's something that I'll be able to Eventually touch wood t- Tell my kids Absolutely. And hopefully inspire them To play football as well So you're still playing? At the moment I'm not playing okay. anymore Because um, I stopped playing 11-a-side football a year ago um, and I've only been playing futsal um, And in November last year I tore my ACL in my knee For the second oof. time in the same knee So,
0: oof, Is that from a lot of training? From a lot of playing? That's
1: just I think wear I mean it's unlucky Wear and tear A bit of mm. everything uh, But okay. now I don't think I'll be going into Any kind of contact football Futsal ever again Gosh how's that to deal with? In the moment, it was quite difficult because, like, I came back from an, an ACL injury three years ago and did my operation. And I did all the rehab properly. Mm. Um, um, I did, obviously, the diet and everything else to try and keep myself in the best condition possible. But um, it's hard when it happens again, and some people have had it happen mm. a couple of times. And I've been told that it's an 8% chance that it happens twice, twice. within three years in the same knee. and So I think mm-hmm. it's just more mala suerte and
0: then else. unlucky
1: rather than anything else. And it's one yeah. of those things.
0: Do you believe that things are meant to be because they're just meant to be? Yes. And,
1: I and am maybe a your massive direction. believer in fate. So yeah. am I. I. think so. so and I. I had my kind of coaching set up already and yeah. the teams that I coach already. So I've kind of, I've not kind of stepped away from the sport. I've just carried it on in a different role.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And all along you're, you've been, you became a teacher because... This is what was your dream to be a teacher? Why?
1: Not necessarily. A dr- I wouldn't say a dream. I kind of just fell into it a little bit. Like so I you
0: don't teach PE. You teach sociology. No, I don't. Yeah, I've never. So what's asks the correlation the between one I, thing and another?
1: I did my degree at Oxford Brooks University. So did I. How
0: funny, really?
1: Yeah, yeah. Cool. For, I did English and sociology there. I did my three years. Yeah. Didn't really know what to do after that. Stayed on to do a master's there in history. Um, and then came back to Gibraltar and I tried the... The teacher, t- uh, the teacher training programme that was being offered at Bayside and Westside schools. So I did like a placement for th- about two or three months in each school and I, I really enjoyed it. And yeah. the year after I went back to the UK, went to Canterbury Christchurch, did my PGC and now I've been teaching for around seven, eight years. Here in and
0: Jordan. teaching sociology, Do you te- what else do you teach? I've,
1: I, I've taught before history, I've taught before English. Um, and at now, secondary level? Yeah, at secondary yeah. level. And now I just teach sociology really at gcc and and day level
0: okay and how do you balance both i mean now i suppose it's easier but
1: yeah um i mean it's
0: because being a teacher is not just going into school doing the lesson you've got to mark books you've yeah
1: got you've got to mark books you got to have parents evening you got to yeah keep the kids in check you've yeah. got i've got an additional pressure that i've got students that have to sit GCC and A-level exams and Mm. I want the best for them and they want the best for themselves and to try and prepare them as best as I can Mm. so there is a little bit of pressure but mm. it's it's, you work
0: well under pressure
1: I think so Yeah, yeah I think so it's a job I enjoy like I like the interaction with with the students constantly if not I mean, if you don't like interacting mm. with people and I mean, you need to be... seeing people progress yeah. and do well, then it's it's not really the job for you.
0: Montaric serviced officers offering daily, weekly, and monthly rental solutions on officers, hot desks, and co working solutions. We also have a therapy room and a boardroom available to hire on an hourly, daily, weekly, or monthly basis, with many perks included. Please call 200 61061 for more information. As a player, what made you, do you think, better than than other players? What what, what qualities maybe did you have as a player?
1: Um, I always used to try and work as hard as I could. So technically I was an okay player on the ball, but I knew that a lot of my game was dependent on my work rate. Mm. um so 11 aside football for example i did used to do quite a lot of the dirty work for the team like breaking up the play and i knew that i had to give the ball to someone who's technically better than me and they can then create so i wasn't a player that would go and score loads of goals in a year i'd probably get more yellow cards than than goals in a season but what position did you play i used to play center midfield okay so i more or less just in front of the defense right just shielding in front of the defense
0: Quite action packed. You're yeah, yeah, running so up and the. Box know, you,
1: to box. You have to be your fit. Your
0: fitness is very important yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, and as a teacher, yeah, what, what do you think makes you a good teacher?
1: Um, I mean, I'm quite prepared and quite organised in everything that I try to do, you know, and that feeds mm. off to the students. And and if they see that I'm putting in that effort for them, well, then they reciprocate and they give they give this. Back. I feel I'm quite an approachable person, mm. um, quite friendly. I mean, that well, Mikey, helps. Mikey,
0: Mikey says good things about you, <laughs> okay. so I'm going on what he says. But that's good, that's good. So, what would you? How would your friends describe you? Um, I as think as a as a as a, bloke, as a person, as a, as a mate
1: um, I think kind of the guy who throws a stone just to. To take the mick out of his friends, and then kind of just sees how things develop a little bit to wind people up. Um,
0: so you're a bit of a wind up. I'm a bit of a wind up. Do, do you up. take the jokes yourself? Oh no, yeah, I did oh,
1: okay. take the jokes. I mean, because um,
0: there are people who like to cast the stone, yeah, no, but then no, no, no. And it costs. I, the I place. got it all
1: back on my stag last year before I uh, we got well, married and we stuff. We won't go so into that. Now we'll leave that one off the record.
0: And so now you you've just mentioned you're training um, a futsal team. Yeah. And you're f- training a futsal team of girls. Yeah. How? I mean, that's a little different. Well, you're in Bayside now. Girls are out in Bayside, but yeah. how is that compared to being with blokes
1: the whole time? Um I've got the, I mean, Have I've you, got the, the women's national futsal team I'm in charge of at the moment, and I've also been, well, I am the, the current head coach of the under-19 boys as well futsal, so okay. kind of the my coaching style for both teams is completely different, because... The way I coach the boys is very different to the way I coach the girls because the girls are, I think, a lot more professional in how they do things. That's they're incredible. a lot more receptive. They're wow. a lot more switched on. Levels of concentration are a lot higher. Wow.
0: Um, yeah. yeah really, <laughs> really. Really.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, when I coach the boys, it's more like kind of giving a lesson to boys in school. If you know okay. what I mean. Whereas yeah. the girls, it's kind of they really take it. They really take it all in, and they yeah. very they're very quick to pick things up. Um, and that's kind of like the perfect group Mm. of players you want. Um, So I've had the girls now, I've been the head coach for over a year, and I was two years prior to that as the assistant coach before. Um, And we've come a real long way since kind of futsal, and women's futsal in particular, kind of took off here about two, three years ago. We've played two qualifying competitions here, European qualifiers, we've, Lot, we kind of drew one of those first games that we ever played with Belgium 3-3, lost to them on penalties. Um, last year's qualifiers, we played Belgium again, just lost 6-4 to them, lost 4-2 to Slovakia, but drew 3-3 with Moldova. So but you're playing internationally. We're competing against teams yeah. that are way above us in, in experience. And girls. And and women. So yeah.
0: it's fantastic women. It's fantastic. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, it's great. And,
0: and I'm 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 very happy that very pleased that, yeah. that you're doing that. Are other people doing that? Um empowering like young women to achieve Yeah, I, I, w- within the GF within the football
1: Yeah, within the football community, I think so. I mean if you look at where the the league has the league is now, you look at the levels of participation amongst girls in particular. Amongst the younger girls, Mm. I see a lot more girls walking around in football kits and with balls under their arms and going to play in the pitch and and those kind of things that weren't seen really maybe four or five years ago. So uh, that's all good. And for me as a coach to have young players coming through constantly is going to help me and help me develop the sport and make the team better. Uh, At the moment, the squad that I've got of players, we've got like an average age of 22, Mm. which is a very, very young senior national team, really, so if I can keep those girls together for around the next 10 mm-hmm. years, Things I'm going to go have a very very good team. It's
0: difficult, isn't it? Because At they... the
1: moment, we've got three players that are based in the UK in our squad, so for example, Caitlin Roba is currently at Loughborough University, so when we have fixtures, she'll come over, and right. she'll come a week maybe in advance. Um, but she's
0: obviously training but she's there. Training as well. there. Yeah, she's training there. She's playing yeah, so. for her
1: a local team there as well. Yeah. So she's getting the experience that she needs. Next year, I'll have quite a, a two or three players that will be going over to university as well, and I'll try and find them a team that they're consist- so they're consistently training while they're there, and then when so they come fitting, back,
0: fitting it all in. Yeah, to, yeah. so that they still keep yeah. part of the team. Uh, what are your your biggest accomplishment What is your biggest accomplishment? in football? Well, yeah, in football.
1: Um I mean f- f- making my international debut with Gibraltar was a big thing as a player. Um as a coach, I'd say being the the national team coach for the women for me is the biggest achievement I've had. Yeah, cuz you're very young. how old are I, you? I'm 31. Yeah. So, it's young. I'm still I'm still kind of older than all the players that I've got, which is good. Um but also locally, I also am ha- also the coach of a men's team in the in the men's first division. Which last weekend we won the futsal rock cup, um, and we are a team that has been going for now seven years, and we start in the fourth division now in the first division. Wow! We have a policy sure. of playing only local players, which is quite an achievement in itself because um, the futsal league is pretty much dominated by teams that. Invest in bringing Spanish players across the border that are of a certain level, which is understandable. Um, but we've kind of stuck to our policy of only playing with local players, and we kind of we got we won our first major trophy last weekend. Congratulations,
0: so that's fantastic. That,
1: that was a really big thing. Really
0: big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How do you stay motivated? What and what motivates you? Uh,
1: winning, I <laughs> think. No,
0: yeah. Well, is it all about
1: the winning? It's not, no, it's not all about winning. It's well, maybe, the <laughs> maybe, yeah. 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 Um, I like to see progress, um, and the girls' team that I've got, I see progress every time I get get together with them. So, um, I have them for about two training camps in a calendar year, and we organize. Usually, if we don't have qualifying games, we'll have friendly games, and I, I see progress every single time we we get together. And that shows that they're quick at learning. They're quick to adapt. Mm. Um, and again, like I said, these are very, very young players. So that motivates me in the sense mm. that I, I can see the future it. there where this team can go on to do something very, very special Yeah. Uh, if I continue to keep putting in all the work that I'm putting in with them and the work that they're reciprocating back. No? So that motivates me in the sense that I can see the progress and I can see where we're going and it's looking very good.
0: Do you feel supported in your own
1: Yeah. Yeah. Feel supported by obviously by the association because what I ask of them, for example, to arrange friendly games, they'll get them for me and everything that the girls need, I'll 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 then put that forward and they'll provide that. Um I'm supported by my family, by my, my missus, by my mm. friends in particular. They're quite supportive of all the things that I'm I'm doing at the moment. And and yeah, it's I'm I'm the coach of a national senior national team. Yeah, it's it's, it's a big pretty thing. cool. It's a
0: big deal. Yeah. What is your biggest influence, or what's been your biggest
1: influence? Um, in as a person, as a person, yeah. Um, I would say, well, who's been like apart from Steven Gerrard? Apart from Steven Gerrard, well, I mean, Javi that I spoke about before got me into football here, um, and his kind of style of coaching is something that I liked quite a lot. He was quite open with players um his man management was very good um and when I kind of obviously I look at football managers nowadays you know and you look at for example Klopp you look at Guardiola and the styles of, that they've got um I don't try to kind of model myself on anyone I try to kind mm. of be my own self and mm. be honest with myself and what I want to be and who I want to be but you kind of you look at different managers around and you kind of maybe pick little bits here and there of the things that they do in training or the way that they approach players. And and it has a lot to do with it, no? I think the sport is is evolving quite quickly with science and technology and psychology and everything else that's involved. And as a coach, you need to embrace all of it if you want to get the best um, out of your players. Like I've been listening to quite a few podcasts recently as well um, on individuals that have been involved in sport for a long long time so um i mean so steve brailsford of the cycling it talks about things like marginal gains and the little one percenters in in how can you improve your overall team performance by a percent each time and and those are the kind of things mm. that i've been reading about and the little things researching and
0: yeah are important that you can learn from other people yeah definitely but,
1: i mean that's that's the aim of the game no everyone's got something to give and if you can learn little bits about different people and then apply them to the way that you do things I yeah
0: and i guess as a coach you have to keep learning yourself yeah for sure because there's always new techniques new yeah how do you do that by, li- by like that by listening to podcasts listening yeah to things, or I'm, I'm do pop- you go on actual proper training
1: yeah I've, i'm at the moment i'm actually sitting my my level two course for for futsal which is ua for c um I'm looking at kind of getting myself into the UEFA B licence pretty soon and my aim is to go up all the way to the UEFA pro and and put in all those hours. Obviously, um, with my job that will be something that I'll need to balance challenge. and put a lot of hours but in will be a challenge. But I
0: think you're someone who from what I have yeah, just heard, who if likes want the want to challenge. if you wanna be the best yeah, yeah, if you yeah, wanna be
1: yeah. the best at what you can do, you've gotta yeah. have your qualifications. I mean, qualifications are qualifications at the end of the day, but I think I've I learn a lot from not just the courses that i go to but Hmm. from first-hand experience in being on a touchline in a UEFA qualifying game with the with the girls team for example and having to adapt in in situations and moments in the game which you can prepare for but things happen in a moment that you've got to take a very important decision split decision and and go with it
0: Hmm. Well, it's super interesting. What, one, one, well, not negative. Uh, what's the hardest thing to deal with? Um, both, well, when you're dealing with people, because be- yeah. dealing with people isn't easy. I deal with people every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so w- what is the biggest challenge for you? Everyone wants to play. Okay. And
1: everyone thinks they're good enough to play. Okay. also well, yeah, that's a hard one. I mean, one. you've got to... You've got to be honest with players when you think they're not up to standard and tell them the reasons why mm. they're not up to standard so they mm. can be, become better mm. in well, football, if they don't agree with you? If they don't agree with me, then they don't agree with me. Not everyone will agree with me. No. But I'll, for example, I will speak to players about things like their strength and conditioning, their fitness and all those things. We, I record, for example, video record every single training session and I upload it for the girls to watch back. And I can pick out bits from there to to show and the girls themselves can self-reflect on their own performances as well. So um in futsal only five players can play yeah. at a time. Um it is a sport where there is constant rotation of players on and off. But everyone obviously will will want to play as much as possible and think that mm. and that they deserve to play. And it's about trying to have maintain a balance where You've got some players that might pay, play out of 40 minutes, they might play 30, and you've got others that might play two mm. minutes out of 40. Um, and you've got to kind of encourage them that in that situation, it's what the be- what's best for the team that matters the most, really. Um, that's yeah, the so biggest challenge.
0: And uh, how do you chill out? What is your favourite way of chilling out? <laughs> I don't chill out
1: often. You know? No? <laughs> I don't. You... It's probably my, the biggest criticism I have of myself is that I don't chill out often enough. or Enough. And my missus will tell you that as well. I'm sure. Like I'll go to a training session. I'll come home after planning the training session, delivering the training session. And I'll watch it, God. and then I'll evaluate it. God. And then the day after, we'll have another one. And it's you're a bit fatiga. A little bit, but yeah. I think I have to be fatiga if I want to get the best out of my players, and if I want to become the best coach I can be. You no. Know? Yeah. Um. Obviously, yeah, in the, in the off season, I'll I'll try and try and go to the beach, go on holiday. Um. So now probably around June, I'll switch off a little bit. I'm currently kind of coaching the girls every other day at the moment because we've got a couple of international friendlies coming up Mm. um, at the end of May. So once that's over, I'll kind of chill out a little bit and then pre-season kicks in again maybe August. So...
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's nonstop, and yeah,
1: I, can, I don't la- really like love it. sitting down and just doing nothing most yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I have to. I feel like there's so much to learn in the sport that I'm involved in that if I'm just sitting not doing anything, I'm it's wasting boring. time. Whereas I could be learning.
0: True, very good You're very good, young and inspirational Um, Is Mikey going to pass his A-level? This is the question I hope so Me too (laughs) And the last question that I ask everybody else is If you're on a desert island And you could only choose one person to be with Who would you choose? (laughs) Oh Put you on the
1: spot there I'd have to say my wife Ah, well, good answer I'd have to say my wife Because we've been together for a very, very long period of time um, and she's been there literally since the beginning. So we've known Good. each other since we were 16 years old. Oh, so if there's, anyone I, know, take, I know if there's this, anyone I take, if there's anyone I take on a desert with, that would be my wife.
0: Lovely, Jamie. Thanks a lot for being here. And I think a lot of people will get a lot from this. Okay. I certainly have. So cool. Thank and you. Fun.
1: Thank you very much.
0: You've been listening to series three of my podcast, which is called Why Bother? It's a question I've often asked myself, and I'm sure you have too. And I wanted to speak to people about their journeys to success. Why they've bothered. Thanks must go to my producer Charlie Hurst for putting this podcast together. Catch him at soundunit.co.uk and a big thank you too to artist Beatrice Garcia for designing the podcast icon. Her website is beatricegarcia.com Thank you for listening and please like and rate the show and should you want to get in touch my email is rougechip at gmail.com